Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Bonjour, film lovers. Did you know that you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio? We also have a website, realnerdspodcast.com, where you can find cool articles and other ways to listen to the podcast. You can also follow us on social, Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us at 720-6NERDS5. We will listen to it, we will play it, and we will probably commentate on it. Also, email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money and real estate. This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Pop Culture Con 2020. I'm Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach. We are also been voted by Denver Westward as one of the top 10 nerdtastic podcasts because we're that awesome. We are that awesome. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we, we're kind of backtracking a little because... Uh, the Academy Award winner for Best Film from 2019, Parasite, uh, is our film of the week. And it was also made news because um, some dumbass decided to bring it up and why it's not the best picture. Yeah, I was going to say, I might have made a mistake. I saw Gone with the Wind. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, was told I saw that Sunset that, Boulevard. Yeah, I mean, I was told that those two were better somehow. I don't know. But, I mean, I could talk about Parasite what, again, What I guess. a weird, like... There's no way that guy sat through even five minutes of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> or, do you even think he's, he's seen Gone with the Wind? What an unusual like movie to pull out, yeah. And it just seems like he's placating to his base, yeah. I, I would I'd ask him if so. If I was on a de- like a moderator of debate, I said so. What is the uh, what is the plot of Gone with the Wind? Yeah, because you know what? I doubt he would answer. He, probably, he doesn't know. He would yeah. say, "Frankly, I don't give a damn." Because no, he heard that line once no, before he somewhere. He'd be like, "Let me tell you something." Clark Gable. They don't make stars like that anymore. He was a huge star back then. Huge. Well, clearly the wind is taken away from us by the immigrants. Uh, by, by the immigrants, by the uh, windmills. <laughs> oh, fucking moron. And he got the years wrong that the, that, that movie won. So, well, it, you know, whatever. He did. Yeah, he did. And he's like, it won so, for 1940. So I'm like, it thing. won because it was released in 39. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's fine. Yeah. Why yeah. do you say... Um, I mean, Parasite won. I mean, I would have picked Once, Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but, you know, that's just me. I would have picked Us. It wasn't even nominated, but there we go, yeah. you know? Yeah, I would have picked Avengers, but that's just me. Yeah, that's what I mean, like. Yeah. But he, Parasite is still he, a good win. He, he's, being just, he's being an asshole because it's a foreign film. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's his 
I'm getting really political here. But like, that's his thing, and it's really fucking annoying, and he makes us look all like dipshits. Yep. What Anyways. We, what do we talk about other than terrible tweets? But uh, Parasite, we'll play the, tell you if you see the film or not, and then we'll play the trailer, and then we'll spoil it. And there is spoilers in this movie, so if you haven't seen it, um, you know, we'll tell you if you should see it or not, then see the movie, and then come back and listen to our review. We'll also I mean, talk- the Academy says you should see it, so. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> what's our opinion matter? <laughs> yeah. Um, some people said the Academy finally got it right. Did they? Find out. Um, well, it's, it's a twofer. You need their opinion, and then you need our opinion. Yes. And, then it ch- and our opinion out. is weighted way more heavily than theirs. Oh, yeah. And then it combines into a big sword of truth. <laughs> I mean, they're too close to the material, so yeah. um, well, we're a we have that objective removed. stance. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Brad. Wait, you know what? I didn't really want to say it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> we don't mingle with those folks in Hollywood. <laughs> I, I know they listen to the podcast because they keep on stealing my ideas for titles of movies and shit. <laughs> that is true. God. What was the other one besides The Collected? There was one more. Well, 13 was mentioned oh, 13. By, by Oz Perkins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, by Oz Perkins. I reread that quote. It might be like, I don't know if he was joking or not. I want to no, hear an audio of it. It sound like he is. <laughs> okay. So uh, to refresh the listeners, the next Friday 13th film, it will be the 13th film in the series. And I just thought it should be called 13. Yeah. Because... Or 13th. Yeah. Whatever. Because it makes sense. Yeah. And the thing that makes me mad is they're making another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Really? They can't figure out Friday the 13th. Yeah, that lawsuit. You know, I wonder, if, it, I wonder if stuff like that will make people so bitter they're not going to see the film. I don't know. Mm. Guess we'll find out. Nah, I think Jason will do just fine. Oh, yeah. If we could... If we could br- I was skeptical that you could bring back Halloween and look what happened, so... Well, if you get the right people to make it. Yeah. And anyways, we'll talk about movie news, movies we've been watching... And movies are coming on Blu-ray. A really cool Blu-ray comes out this week. Yep. An exclusive Blu-ray should pick up at Best Buy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I was so mad I couldn't find Jojo Rabbit. And then, you know, we had that breakthrough uh, the other night where I said, man, why can't I get it on Amazon? And then I remembered that even though it's 20th Century Fox Searchlight, technically it's owned by Disney now. And Disney, you can't buy their shit on Amazon. I think it's been three or four years they've been in a... Yeah. Do you still need it? No, no. I found it. Okay. I... I so I went to Denver West, and they said before I went there because they were sold out all week. And then on Friday, um, their four Ks were back in stock. So I went down there, um, and I said, "Hey, can I get uh, JoJo Rabbit on four K?" Because they didn't have it out or anything. And the guy looks at me and goes, "What? <laughs> have you looked on the floor?" Wait, 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 wait. Stallone was working at Best Buy now? And, you know, have you gone over there and, like, looked at the freaking... <laughs> I don't want him selling me Blu-rays. You, could, you know what? You could I get have... Rambo. You could get Rambo 2. You could get Rambo 3. I know 3. that, you know, old people are, you know, where is that one movie? And it's right in front of them. But I know how to find movies. I'm not a... Where's I'm your not... VHS section? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how to find stuff. And so a lady... Walked over to me in their new release section, and where it said Jojo Rabbit was completely empty. And she said, oh, they're not on here. Yeah. I was pushing up my glasses. This is a podcast. You can't see that. Yeah. And I don't even wear glasses. But <laughs> You'd have an announcer going, and then Ryan push up his she glasses. She said, oh, maybe we haven't put them out yet. And I said this. You think? I'm just kidding. I said, I said would you mind checking for me? Because I, I, I really want to see the movie again. Did you pull out your inner Chandler? Like, you think? Yeah. And so I got it. And then you heard that theme song in the background. <laughs> and as I didn't know, I do you know your Best Buy like certificate points expire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had like ten dollars, and the guys like, "Oh, you better use this. Expires in two days." I said, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> the balls. Yeah. Being busy, you forget days go by so fast, and you don't have time to do anything. These are the games you have to play, though, in order to buy your physical media without waiting online. Yeah. So I just pre-order it. 
Yeah, see, see, but you, ever since you pre-ordered the stuff, and it scares me that it gets comes dented and things like that. Um, well, I don't, I don't deliver it to my house. I, I have them leave it in store and then go pick it up. And then when I get to the counter, I'm like, oh yeah, this is dented. So yeah, so I, I do that with the steel books, but then I forget like Ford v Ferrari, and now I can't find it, and it makes me sad. But um, so the steel books I really want, I pre-order that day. So they have to go on the floor and take it off, and so I know they're not going to give me a shitty one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that—that's that's the dangerous game you play. The most dangerous game. Even yeah. more common is the uh, the stalkers will cut through the box and like cut through oh, the spine. Yeah, yep. and then I've had that happen. That's a tough one to sell to the cashier. Be like, can you change this out because it has a scratch on it? Like then I'm like, oh fuck, I have to have this. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, too. Sometimes Amazon. So I got. Sometimes I get so the latest Family Guy set I got in my PO box. I asked for a bigger one, and they did give me one because I said I get a lot of movies from Amazon. So if you could, if I get and video games, if I can get one where it's not going to be smashed in there, like sure, man. But every like fifth one, they're like, (laughs) and my Family Guy was like bent in half. (laughs) Wow. I was like, you guys. But the cool thing is, Amazon's really cool about returning stuff. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Brad, are you taking us around town? Sure. Sweet. Don't feel do you obligated. Have your badass to moped. I do. Nice. <laughs> there he goes. It's a Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, this week the Midnight the Esquire is the room in Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, woo. Man, yeah. that freaking Stallone like messed up my vocal cords. Yeah, you, do you need some water? No, I'll be all right. I think maybe. I just hope it's not contagious. Oh shit! This <laughs> <laughs> is everywhere. Brad, help! <laughs> they finally did release a uh, five pack of the Rambo movies. Did they? Yeah, on four K. Yep. Mm, no oh. Blu-ray. Oh no. Yeah. You know that 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 steelbook's still there, and I have a feeling that's one that's probably never going to sell out. So I'm hoping that it's going to – so the Disney ones drop to like $10, um, and I'm hoping that that one will. Because like the movie's okay, but the steelbook's badass. Um, in Europe, I think, they have the Rambo movies and these like gorgeous 4K steelbooks. Mm. Um, it's a shame that they didn't come here. Yep. Anyway, that's what's going on around town. Cool. Oh, wait. Um, There's more. Yeah, this Friday is the Short Circuit Film Festival in uh, Colorado Springs. Is Johnny Five going to be there? <laughs> Sorry, Colorado Short Circuit Festival. <laughs> um, oh, it's a mountain version of him. Yeah, and Friday's... a really r- racist character. <laughs> uh, well, what's his name's characters? Fisher, <laughs> Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Um, Indian face. He's yeah. way worse than a poo. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Friday and Saturday um, at the Ivy Wild School. Oh, shoot. I probably should double-check that one. Do you think he just went and got a tan to be Indian, or did they like put makeup on him? They make up him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. 80s. Yeah. Uh, nine, 87 and 91? 86. Is 91 was the second one? I think so. Damn. 80, or 90. Yeah, 86 was the first one. Dude, I'm fucking old. <laughs> Yeah, the Ivy Wild School. Yeah. Cool. Do, do you need an insurer, Ryan? Yeah. You gonna be okay? I need AARP. Jeez. Oh. So yeah, go check out uh, local Colorado short films. Uh, my music video hustle will be in there. 
Nice. Yeah, and it's a award winning. Award winning. Yeah. And it's really well shot. Yep. Beautifully directed. Beautiful directed. Every time I see your stuff, I'm like, man, I know that guy. (laughs) What award did it win? I can't remember. (laughs) No one has to know, Brad. I can say award winning for anything. You want a nerdy. There you go. Cool. Yeah, why don't we (laughs) do the nerdies? Hopefully soon. (laughs) (laughs) Movies come out every week on Blu ray and 4K and Steelbook. And we're going to tell you the ones that you should think about purchasing. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Is your uh, anticipated uh, steelbook this week Knives Out? It is. Okay. Well, you can get Knives Out on 4K Blu-ray and a really cool steelbook. Who that the fuck looks... is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a Frozen 2 one there. And it's yeah, the Frozen 2 one looks great. Yeah, that one has, uh, by the way, Frozen 2, you can pick it up on Blu-ray and 4K. The steelbook is her climbing the ice out in the uh, ocean. I have the, not uh, seen the movie yet. Um, so there's two steelbooks for the Disney ones I haven't got yet because they haven't been on sale, but they look amazing. Big Hero 6, because I think the Big Hero 6 standard packaging is really lame. And the Frozen one is stunning. All the Disney steelbooks are coming out, like because uh, I think Beauty and the Beast is coming out soon, yep. too. Um, now I regret like, not jumping, because I, I thought it would be like a, you know, like these five movies and then stop doing it. But now it seems like all the Pixar movies and all the Disney yeah. movies are getting steelbooks. And- well, you could, you know, I did wait on them and then they had that huge sell where they're i mean i got the first cars on 4k for nine dollars mm-hmm. in the cool steelbook and that that steelbook is like the original toy story ones it's kind of pastel mm-hmm. um and then yeah. i got zootopia and tangled and princess and the frog does that mean you have a copy of zootopia you'd be willing to donate to I the do. zach fund i uh, do yeah ups looks really good i love zootopia oh, yeah, that one's beautiful mm. They'll never put out a fun and fancy free steelbook. No. And that's the shame. <laughs> they that's barely shame. put that on Blu-ray. They, they, it, could be, it could be great. It could be Mortimer Snurd looking up at Willie the Giant Zach, as he rips it I understand the, that you oh, like that I, movie, I but you're it. one of the few that thinks it's the best Disney movie. It's great. It's, it's not o- the best. It's, it's just okay. my favorite. It's okay. <laughs> it's just my favorite. It's not the, the greatest best. animated movie, Disney movie is Pinocchio, hands down. Pinocchio. I mean, uh, well. It's the most well done. It's the most beautifully drawn. I'm try- I mean, because Final Fantasy Free is my favorite, but I'm trying to think of what I would objectively say would be the best. I'd have to go through them all again. Like, Pinocchio it's probably Pinocchio. would be. I do like Bambi. Well, Bambi's beautiful, Bambi's too. Bambi's beautiful. However, the only reason I give slight edge to Pinocchio is I think the um, there's some techniques in Pinocchio that are astounding. That water effect is well, The water amazing. effect. And I, um, where Bambi looks great um, and some points, I think it looks a little muddy sometimes. Yeah. Um, that Pinocchio might be- is just super crisp. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, Pleasure I. Uh, fucking love pinocchio pleasure island <laughs> one of the most horrific scenes in a movie yep. ever oh uh anyway um moving on though um yeah lamp wick <laughs> a wooden boy <laughs> honest john honest john <laughs> uh screen factory's putting out pet cemetery pet cemetery 2 sorry uh in a collector's edition uh you can check that out i have not seen pet cemetery no, 2 i've only seen the first one it's not good but here's the thing is what i love about screen factory or about Tammy and the T-Rex, you can read my recent review of it on um, our website for one of the top 19 Blu-rays from last year. Is I like that there's a market for them. Oh, yeah. You know, put that stuff out, and you'd be surprised. You know, stuff like uh, I have The Howling 2, which is a horrible movie, but the Blu-ray is really fun because they have, you know, actors in it say, yeah, this is a piece of shit, but it was fun to make. Yeah. That's why I love there's uh, my favorite interview on the Tammy and the T-Rex is the testicular fighting dude. And he talks about how shitty the movie is and how much danger he was constantly in because they no one cared about their working conditions. 
Yeah. My favorite one, hands down, is still the one for Halloween 2. It's the behind-the-scenes featurette, and the guy who plays Bud uh, says, like, you know, I thought nothing could top the first Halloween movie. And I may be a little biased here, but I think Halloween 2 is better. And I'm like, yes, you're a lot biased, <laughs> but <laughs> I love that you're enthusiastic about well, this. Well, you know, I mean, some people like Halloween 2 because it's a little more hardcore. And also the Halloween 3 one where Tom Atkins is just not giving a fuck what he says, and yeah. I love it. Yep. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the Pet Cemetery 2 one, apparently that was one they were fighting for a long time with Paramount yep. to kind of figure out a, a solution to. Yep. Um, there's 4K releases coming out of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. So you can get Casino Royale, Spectre, Skyfall, <laughs> so and the Quantum of Solace. Bond movies. Um, yes. I, yeah. And uh, there's no steelbooks for them, it seems like. So it's just uh, regular reissues. Um, and then uh, there's a steelbook coming out for The Hunt for Red October in 4K. Uh, this steelbook looks kind of lame, uh, but... Uh, you can check that out. Do you like the run, Hunt for Red October? Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's fun. I like Sean Connery in it, I guess. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's fine. I-, I prefer my Jack Ryan as Harrison Ford. Yeah. I mean, well, have you seen Krasinski do it? Yeah, it's a good. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Okay. Uh, Synapse Films is putting out Hot Dog the Movie. Has anybody here seen Hot Dog the Movie? Nope. Okay. I've seen of it. W- yeah. Watch Hot Dog the Movie. We talk about bad movies here. Watch Hot Dog the Movie. Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome right up the rally. Well, this is a synapse. Oh, synapse yeah, right up is, the rally. Yeah. Uh, Arrow is putting out the One Missed Call trilogy uh, from Takashi Miike, um, so you can pick that up. Um, or don't. Uh, don't. It's up to you. If it's you're going to pick up the call. <laughs> you can make it a missed call. Um, uh, Warner Archive is putting out the John Houston film Victory, uh, which has Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone, oh, yeah, so you yeah. can check that out. Um, Michael Caine. I would love to have behind-the-scenes footage of John Huston directing Sylvester Stallone and just seeing the battle between the bar- language barrier between them both. Um, and then, so remember when his Kevin Spacey was okay, and he did a, he does a really great Michael Caine, and he did this really funny um, bit where he was on uh, I think it was I think it was him on I, the Tonight Show Tonight Show with I think it was Leno yeah with he, Jimmy with Jimmy Fallon right and he oh, yeah, yeah. he goes. I uh, I open up the script. If I look at the last page and I'm still alive, I do the movie. <laughs> he did a lot of good impressions. He did. No, I got Spacey. Too bad he left a bad impression on Bus Boys. Um, and then on 4K and Blu-ray uh, is uh, Richard Stanley's epic return to cinema, Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. Pick <laughs> that up. It's great. It's Color fun. Out of Space, Brad. Is that a good movie? It's fun. Um, I did not. I was impressed with the visuals. That's about it. I, I, I love it, but I'm admittedly very biased because I was like, oh, cool. They gave Richard Stanley a bunch of money to do what now? I'm on board for this. And you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Kino Lobor is putting out uh, a bunch of sexploitation films from the 30s and 40s uh, and drug exploitation. Uh, oh, the biggest one being Reefer Madness. Uh, so you can get Reefer Madness on uh, uh, Blu-ray from them, I'm assuming, Restored. Uh, you can get Mom and Dad, uh, which has been a film that was discussed by none other than Trash Elder Sean Waters, uh, and Unashamed, a film that was actually filmed in a nudist camp. Yeah, because <laughs> so, they're unashamed. And this series is called Forbidden Fruit, so that's uh, lots of fun for them to do. So that you might want to check. I want to pick up Reefer Madness if they made a, did a transfer on it, because that seems like a weird thing to do restoration on, but I'm totally down for it. Um, and that looks like that's about it. <coughs> nice. Get knives out. Yeah. And get the sweater that 
Chris Evans wears in it. Mm. That's like the cool thing. Yeah. Movie news. It's real news. Speaking of Chris Evans, uh, looks like Little Shop of Horrors wants to have Chris Evans be the dentist, and I'm on board for that. Nice. That would be an awesome. He could he could pull. Oh up, yeah, he's he could pull he's that, that smug up. Steve Martin for sure. Exactly. Um, other than that, um, Bong Joon Ho, the director of the film of the week, Parasite, um, on the award circuit, he had a translator uh, who was one of the stars of the Oscar of the Oscar night, as we kind of talked about on our. Yeah, I talked uh, about her all the time. Yeah, uh, she is uh, an aspiring filmmaker herself. She wants to write a film about award season, and I say, let's do this. Let's give her that film. I'm, Let's I'm on do board it. For yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I'm totally down for that idea. That's from uh, James's favorite movie, Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. Hey, that's a good movie. It's a pretty great. It's movie. James's favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 as if though he can't. He get cannot wait for us to do Film Schools in 2007 again. Yes, so we can put Dewey Cox at the top. Yeah, yep. and then three more times below it. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is not so much news. It's just like, I guess it's like a first for their live action remakes, but Lou Milan's going to be the first PG-13 um, of their live action remakes. So, wow. Which, I'm sorry? Mulan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I think Mulan looks great. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be so, a lot of fun. Um, but I didn't think, I thought they would still be PG. PG that was but... a tough one to do PG because of all the war. Yeah. Yeah. All the, <laughs> what with the war and everything. Yeah. Um, They're not cartoon battles there. <laughs> Uh, I remember saying that the Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai series wouldn't be great if they didn't have Joe Dante on to consult. Well, all my fears were availed because Joe Dante will be on to consult this HBO Max animated series. He confirmed it via his Facebook page. So. Like, pay me money and I'll give you the seal of approval. And you know what? John Joe Dante deserves money. Give him money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, uh, last thing I have, uh, this is more of an announcement for classic film fans that um, listen to this show, you can watch the original King Kong uh, uh, through Fathom Events uh, coming out to theaters nationwide uh, for the first time in 65 years. Um, so I want to make I sure I get March the, 15th, March 15th. Yes. Sunday for one day only. They're oh, doing, I think I can do that. I My think, days off of, or switching. And I believe they're doing 1 PM and se- or 2 PM and 7 PM shows Sweet. for it. I might uh, do that. Yeah. So, but King Kong, uh, half as long as J- Peter Jackson's version, so it's not. It, you don't have to make make it your whole day, you know. But that'd be cool if they did a double feature of those two. <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, and that's all I have for news. Oh, I was gonna, you know, I gotta throw in that Guns Akimbo thing. I just heard about this though, so I didn't, mm. I didn't have time to read. Yeah, that movie's it, not but, coming out. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, the, direc- the director fucked up. <laughs> what did he do? I'm sorry, I, have, I don't know anything. I've been working all day. I, I just read it yesterday, but um, he uh, a negative review came out, so he decided to accuse those reviewers of like attempted murder and um, yeah, so got, got in their case about wokeness. So someone should tell him that movies are a subjective art, and then some people just aren't going to like it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, that's no. He he, he thinks he's immune to criti- immune to criticism, so he got a backlash, and then he deleted his Twitter account. And then he jumped on the movie account and started doing it to reviewers. And so now Saban pulling. pulled it yep. from it's not on. That's a Daniel Radcliffe one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he has guns uh, attached to his, his hands, hands. Mm-hmm. which um, looks like a lot of fun. And I was on board for on board for it, but now I'm like, yeah, skip that guy's catalog. <laughs> um, and then and you know, like I was I was telling Brad before we started recording that like it's not the first time a filmmaker has come out against critics. Like Kevin Smith did it when Cop Out. Uh, there was some there was some 
discrepancy where he was saying that like critics should have to pay to watch the movies they're reviewing because then otherwise that they're just kind of getting free free rides on it. I don't remember the full story, but mm. um, and then also like UV Bull says this shit all the time. So, <laughs> well. but this guy apparently took it way too far and just decided to really push a bunch of buttons. Yeah, so. like he he sent his following after those people <laughs> yeah. online, wow. which that is a big no no. Don't yeah, do that. That's just stupid. Don't do that. Dude, he'll never get a job again. Nope. Yep. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean... Don't have to act that way. Yeah, I don't really... Yeah, if you're going to be that big of an asshole, fuck you. Yeah, I'm not going to his movie. Cool. We watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call What You Been Watching, Zach. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Oh, I was waiting for the bumper. Um, Zach? I didn't watch a lot. Um, I re- Just a couple things? Literally three... Um, I bet they're all black and white. Nope, they're not. Uh, two, <laughs> two of them are in color and gory blood. Um, I rewatched Friday the 13th Part 7 and Part 8 because nice. I just wanted something in the background, but I was paying more attention to Part 8, and I, it's the lame... Part 8, one of the things that disappoints me about it, it has the lamest uh, <laughs> opening credit sequence for a Friday the 13th movie because mm-hmm. it's just scenes of the city of New York, and there's one moment where somebody's shooting up heroin, so I'm just like... Well, that that's comes not back cool- into play. Remember, Jason jams that heroin needle through that dude's chest. So it does, but is it as fun as having an exploding mask hit the screen and just have the traditional credits kind of no, just popping I'm up just back and forth, that. you know? Yeah, um, I, I always say the biggest fault with Part 8, I mean, it's... A silly movie, but Doesn't if it was a, if it was about fifteen minutes shorter, I think it'd be all right. Yeah, I mean it's one and fully hour New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in New York. <laughs> I know, you know, I you when you watch uh, the documentaries with the director, he talks about how he had to cut so much of it out. And mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't want to do Vancouver for New York. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I would have. Yeah, I mean, because I guess the original story is he was fighting a bunch of gangs. That'd have been sweet. I I will say though that the 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 stuff on the boat is fun because they find ways to shoot interesting things with that boat yeah. um, like that opening sequence that's on the yacht is a fun scene um and i actually like you know, watching I think the the captain when he gets his throat slit in real slow mo is a really cool effect and mm-hmm. uh, you know it slowly like peels his neck apart um, but and know, then the rest of it is kind of garbage eight's eight's the one though where i watch it and i get to watch Kane Hodder act because it's so yeah. long you get more moments to watch how he inhabits the character like yep. seen on the yacht like they take their they take their time showing him walking from point A to point B on that boat before he sticks the oh the yeah the stalking part is pretty good yeah I mean there's parts in there that are like really fun but then it's the dude gives you know here here's a Statue of Liberty necklace oh cool yeah who the fuck cares um and then part part seven you know obviously it's not the the greatest thing in the world but it's still a lot of fun um it's Kane fun Hodder's first appearance yeah it's fun i think it's directed really poorly yeah i kind of started to see that a little bit i mean i like what beekler does with it but there's also like a lot of stuff where i'm just like ah this is where one this is where the unrated cut would have come in handy i think but, but two my, my biggest issue with beekler is he telegraphs things really really too obviously much. yeah so yeah exactly so i mean when he's when jason's stalking that dude from behind that's carrying the firewood you know it's cool when you see jason kind of walking around but then you know he has that shot of the dude walking and then jason comes from camera on the left and then he slowly like walks in and he has jason slowly bring his hand back and then mm. punches him through him. Like, it just it takes all the suspense out of it the- and when he kills Dr. Cruz and he randomly shows up with like a weed whacker or something, where the fuck did he get that from? That's that's a moment where I'm like, 
oh, cool, he's going to kill Terry Kaiser with a weed whacker. <laughs> like, that's where I'm kind of like, I don't really care, but I get what you're saying. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, there, I think the scene where he uh, goes into the, uh, I guess, the barn where that one lady's hiding from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's shot through the wood panels. Is that Maddie? And, That's Maddie, right? Yeah, Maddie. Yeah. And uh, he thinks he sees her, and Kane Hodder does this really cool like head weave. Mm-hmm. And then you see him leave, and then he busts through and you know gets her. I yeah, mean, that's cool. There's some moments in the movie that are really great. Yeah, I, I, my, my least favorite part of him are like the 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 actual teen subplots with um. The blonde gal who is uh, her death is awesome. Though. Her death is awesome, but that whole subplot where she's making out with the sci-fi writer yeah. nerd in order to uh, make the the lead jock guy jealous. Yeah. Um, and I mean, but I've been Terry turned Ka- down by some of the greatest sci-fi magazines ever. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure you have amongst other rejections. I think a lot. Yeah, I know you do. That's <laughs> yeah. why I thought you'd have fun with this. I do. I get, um, it's it's pretty sad. I remember like. Beats and quotes and stuff. Speaking of which, you know, the new Mutants is coming out, like, mm-hmm. I think in April, I think it is. Yep. It would have been smart of them to have on their cast list for me to get excited about. And Terry Kaiser as a doctor who tortures mutants, because he's basically doing that do in always, this movie. Do you always forget that he's alive because, you know, he's Bernie? Yeah, but he... <laughs> <laughs> well, that night I assumed he'd already died at some point, but no, he's alive and still yeah, kicking. No, he's, yeah. he's a good actor. I'm just being silly. Marvel, get him in an X-Men movie. Make a, make a combination that nobody would expect. I should take his death scene from uh, Friday the 13th Part 7 and then splice together with like the beginning of Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> like in the same universe. That'd be sweet. <laughs> That's how he died in Weekend at Bernie's. You know what else I want to do is uh, do Harrison Ford v. Ferrari. <laughs> so take, just take clips of Harrison Ford as like Indiana Jones is like staring down a like an incoming Ferrari or something. Maybe running alongside a Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last thing I just I've been watching a lot of Futurama. Um, I got the complete series pretty cheap. Uh, the uh, the first do they have a complete series? Is only on DVD. They don't have the Blu-ray. It's only on DVD. If you turn around, you'll see what it looks like right oh, there. The audience it? can. It was about fifty bucks. It's usually Where'd eighty. That's really good. Bucks. Um, I got there was Amazon used, but it was mm. they said new used or like new. Sure. So um, the fifty bucks is a steal. The outside was was not shrink wrapped, but the inside. If you look inside, it's all the individual season releases that they redid mm-hmm. um, after the series came out, and those were still shrink wrapped. So. Um, awesome. But yeah, uh, Futurama still a wonderful, fantastic show. Oh, Future, um, I, I have always said that Futurama is consistently always better than The Simpsons. Yeah, The Simpsons were great for um, their first six, seven seasons, but Futurama was great throughout its whole run. Yeah, case in point with that, uh, I re- by the the most recent episode I landed on before we recorded tonight was The Luck of the Fryish. With uh, the seven leaf clover, and that episode yeah. still makes me fucking cry oh, every yeah. time. Um, it also has one of my I favorite. Mean, Everything's aged well, yeah. except for Huey Lewis and News of Sports. <laughs> <laughs> it also has the great line where they're in the graveyard and uh, uh, Fry realizes who, who, the, who the person at the graveyard is. And then uh, Leela's like, uh, Bender, I think Fry needs some time alone. All right, grab a shovel. I'm only one skull short of a Mouseketeer reunion. <laughs> Yeah. And the line before that, there. Now, nobody will be, be able to say I don't own John Larroquette's spine. <laughs> Bender's a great character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that joke in the da- the online dating episode where uh, he's like, people would pay good money for romance? I have a scheme so deviously clever that I... $500 in time serves, stupid anti-pimping laws. <laughs> well, pay the man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I've been watching this week. Cool. Brad? Well... 
I tried to watch Downhill. <laughs> and uh oh. um, not the movie but the story. Yeah, uh then I got assaulted in the theater <laughs> cuz I told someone to shut up, so that wasn't fun and um you know, the 30 minutes I did saw I did see I wasn't that into, so I don't know if I'm rushing to get back to it. Um Yeah, I didn't really watch anything new. Um I I did rewatch Man of Steel. And I just kind of bummed at how not well received that movie is because I, I really enjoy it. You know, I still I still get a tear in my eye. Like I know people always they they make fun of you know when Kevin Costner um, goes to save those people, but like it's still I still think that's a really powerful scene where he's teaching you know Clark that you can't always be saved by Superman and you know it's I don't know I love that scene. Yeah. No, and the the. The amount of destruction at the end, like, is so epic. Like, it's on par with like Endgame, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to me. Um, it's just surprising that it's in like that movie, which is, yeah. it just feels like it's not even part of the DCU anymore. No, it, yeah, it just feels like this outlier. So, you know, the one thing I will say about DC that I've respected is a lot of their movies are really different. Um, they can't find the the winning formula that marvel has but i always give them props because their movies are at least different yeah uh, you know i mean i still you should go see harley quinn because that movie's awesome yeah uh, excuse me it's called birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn <laughs> yep you should go see harley quinn <laughs> yeah and just the amount of like visual effects in that movie that like are still pretty solid like it's Mm-hmm. They really went all out for like the first. You know, did it just come movie. out in four K? Because I've been seeing it everywhere. Or has it been out for? a while? I think it's been out for a while because they had it with that big pack with all the other DCEU well, movies. I don't, yeah. um, I, don't I, get, I don't get out very much. I still think Krypton looks fucking amazing in that movie. Um, oh. And I and I think the fight at the end does look awesome. Oh, yeah, like yeah, like I haven't watched it in a while and just they, yeah, like it's kind of depressing. Like how much destruction they go through. Like you kind of wish Superman would like defend a building once in a while, <laughs> but um. But, yeah, the amount of effects that... Like, this is 2013. Like, we're not at Avengers-level stuff yet. Um, and, yeah, Zack Snyder just destroyed everything. It's yep. pretty impressive. And, in that movie, not in general. <laughs> yeah, in Smallville, too. Just Like, yeah. the, the the fight in Smallville oh, is yeah. almost, like, enough to be a finale to the movie. Yeah. I should watch that again. Yeah. You've really piqued my interest again, because I do like that movie. I'm actually curious to go back to all the DCU movies. I'm... I want to rewatch Batman v Superman and see yeah. how I feel about it removed. Yeah, I, I, I did get that in 4K and it's still in the shrink wrap, but that's only because I watched it a lot. Because it's one of those movies where I keep on thinking it's not as bad as people say it is, and I still like it. And, yeah. and Ben Affleck's an awesome Batman. Yeah, it's yep. He's he's my favorite part of the movie. And Jor-El, like I, mm. Russell Crowe is like yeah. oh, really yeah. he's really like, good. resonant Jor-El, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, I think Michael Shannon's great as Zod. Yeah, he does have some dopey lines once in a while. But it's but when he's when he's kneeling there, being like, like you've taken away my purpose. Like I'm oh, yeah, I'm only yeah, bred yeah. to do one thing, and now I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I like him. He's good. It's pretty good motivation. Um, yeah, I rewatched Suicide Squad too, because of Harley Quinn, and um, yeah, the story's kind of dumb and messy, but I I still feel like the the aesthetic of it is yeah is a cool watch um yeah uh, the finale's awful like with the cgi junk fest <laughs> floating around and enchantress like 
uh, Cara Delevingne like doing the sway move to like accentuate the fact that she has like all these uh, like CGI rays of light on her. Well, so that it, seems kind of goofy. Is that but... finale the only time where we see El, Di- uh, El Diablo really do anything within the setting of the present? Because they show the flashbacks, obviously, of him killing his wife and family in the fire. But... Well, yeah, he doesn't want, want to do anything because he's That's, like a, a okay. pacifist after he kills his family. I need to rewatch this whole entire universe now. But yeah, then Will Smith drags it out of him. I think Will Smith's arc, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah um, Will Smith's good in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like I rewatched the princess bride at the Esquire midnight. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, uh, that's a classic. So mm-hmm. I'm talk about more about that. Uh, I re- Oh, I rewatched the, uh, 2016 ghostbusters, which I still think is pretty fun. No, I think yeah. it's uh, if you awesome. Don't, it's a lot of if fun. If you're not too rigid about, yeah, just have your fun with for it. Ghostbusters. I yeah. mean, Chris Hemsworth make watching just Chris Hemsworth in it makes it worth the price alone. <laughs> yeah. I still love the sandwich being thrown back to him. I yep. think this is one of the greatest <laughs> jokes ever. <laughs> Uh, it, as long as it has people fighting ghosts, I don't care what they do with it, and I had yeah, fun with that. Yeah, right. The weird thing, though, is like I was watching my digital copy on the computer, and I don't think it's my monitors, but you know how their uh, uniforms have like the orange bands in mm-hmm. them? They were red on my copy. Huh. So that was weird. Ooh, you got a color time wrong or something? I guess like the compression might have yeah. um, reduced the color values. Mm. Mm. But yeah, that's all I watched. Um, I'll catch up a little bit. Uh, Zach and I went and saw The Awful Truth in oh, theater. Yeah, that's right. I did see that. And it was uh, awesome because it's my favorite Cary Grant movie. And um, one, it was almost sold out. Yeah, I think there was maybe one seat left. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, people were cheering yeah. throughout it. Uh, and some moments I said, yeah, this movie still plays, you know, 80 years later. That movie had a better reception for a comedy, a, a comedy, let alone screwball comedy from the era than I thought I'd get out of a, a modern day audience. Yeah, it is is great because you can't deny the the fun of it, you know. You know what the one thing that alarmed me though, right? When he does the line about like when did you uh realize you talked like Amos and Andy and I'm just like, yeah. "Oh, wow, a lot of people laughed at that joke. Interesting." <laughs> uh I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I still really like that movie. Um I think Brad Pitt's amazing in it. That's and- my boss's car. <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I understand the criticisms, but uh, to me, it's it's almost three hours, but it doesn't feel like a three-hour-long movie. I think it moves pretty well, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just fun. You know, I, I love when um, you know, the little girl tells Leo that that's the best acting she's ever seen, and he starts crying. Thank you, Pumpkin Puss. <laughs> I don't like um, people calling me Pumpkin Puss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I rewatched a Happy Gilmore on the 24th anniversary of the release. That movie's still awesome. I, I kind of love going back to old Adam Sandler stuff because he has this really weird sense of humor. Mm. Um, you know, you forget about the Mista Mista lady where she just jumps on his car and... Easter. That's the Easter. one he has the one night stand with because he accidentally gets the wrong apartment. No, 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 no. That's uh, the lady when she's he's dropping his grandma off at the oh, old folks home and oh, driving on the sidewalk. Oh yeah, and then the lady just because yeah. she's wanting to get out of the sweatshop. <laughs> no, that lady is his girlfriend's um, leaving him, and uh, she says, uh, "You're." Ne- she tells him, "You're never going to be a professional hockey player." He's like, "Well, you're a lousy kindergarten teacher. I saw those figure paints you brought home, and they suck." <laughs> And then he starts singing, um, I want to kiss you all over. And this old Asian lady comes upstairs. And then the next morning, she's sleeping. She slept with him. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, I'll disagree with Zach. I think Sonic the Hedgehog is a really fun movie. Um, I, was, I actually, was not the only one who didn't like it. <laughs> I know, but you gave it one star. Yeah. Like, I really, did. you had that little fun in it. 
I did not have a lot of fun. Sorry. So, so, I was really close to giving it one star myself. Really? <laughs> well, it's like fun. Like, I was like, well, a lot of work did go into it. Yeah. I, I think it's a fun movie. You know, it's um, it's cute. Whatever. Yeah. You guys are wrong and I'm right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sonic is fun. It's. Uh, is one of the movies that I sometimes I watch movies and it surprises me and it actually surprised how much fun I had watching it. Hmm. Um, I think Jim Carrey is funny in it. Like he he knows that he's not in a b- good movie uh, or like a, that good of a movie, hmm. so he kind of plays it up and you know he's punching dudes in the throat and just being silly. Um, did you take Kellen to it? How did, I did. you like it? Kellen loved it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie that wasn't as fun is Downhill. Um, not that it's a bad movie. Um, it's just it's uh, Downhill is a story about Will Ferrell and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus have been married for a while, and they go to Austria because his dad died eight months ago, and he's still grieving. And while they're there, they're having controlled avalanche blasts, and they do one, and the avalanche is actually coming to where they're having their lunch, and. Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character, uh, Billy, protects their children, and Will Ferrell grabs his cell phone and runs away because he's more concerned about his cell phone, or so it seems. And so there's this weird tension throughout the whole movie, and um, she starts not liking him and seeing um, <coughs> And passive-aggressively. Like, yeah. Um, so it's not like a... Yeah. It's more of a drama. There's really... It's not that funny. Um, the the performances are great. I I, I don't know. Uh, sorry, you probably will never enjoy the movie because of your experience. <laughs> but I don't know. Did you make it to the part where she calls him out on it? Uh, where, the uh, last thing I saw was uh, <laughs> there were his friend who's played by uh, Gabe, Gabe from the Office. <laughs> yeah. Um, he always know, be creepy to me. He invites him over, and she, she obviously doesn't want to entertain yeah. guests. So um, like their whole spat starts to come out. Yeah. So that fight, she's really great in that moment. Like, she's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, they have this huge fight, and she starts uh, saying, you can be by yourself. And his kids don't really like him. He's mean to his kids, or he seems distant. And Will Ferrell's good in it. Um, but there is a, there, there's a great moment at the end, spoilers. Um, you know, they're fighting the whole movie. And the last, they talk about the beast, this, like, huge mountain that they want to ski down. And uh, one of his kids doesn't want to ski, and they get really scared. And so he decides that he's going to not ski, and he's going to take be the father and go back down the mountain with his kids on the chairlift and she decides to, to ski it. She gets almost to the end and she calls him out and she, he, he goes running after her and uh, she says, I'm doing this for our kids and you have a lot of work to do for me to uh, trust you again. And so uh, this is the only time I actually really laughed at it. So he carries her down. So she pretended like she was hurt. So he'd have to go up and save her. Uh, so the kids will like the dad again. Um, and so he carries her down and he, Drops there. It's like, wow, your dad's so great. Oh, I left my skis up there. So then he has to run back up and get them. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but she's a great actress, and um, she's fun to see. Yeah, that whole scene where uh, he wants to do the hella skiing, and uh, the kid like lost the glove. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such an awkward. Like, oh yeah, it's really a lot of awkward stuff. Is I paid two thousand dollars for this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It's a really awkward movie at a lot of times uh and the last thing i watch is i got my tex avery screwball classics cartoons hell yeah you did on warner archive oh, i guess i watched the jetsons too i got that warner archive and the jetsons are pretty great i remember watching them at my grandparents house and it's just like a 1960s sitcom um, i, I want to borrow it from you just so i can watch that co- commercial you're telling me about on the pilot. oh yeah the colgate commercial the Col- colgate commercial 
<laughs> I know I know it seems too simple, but I'm just like, I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, so the Tex Avery stuff, uh, if you're a cartoon fan, you should really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 19 cartoons. They're all unedited. Um, there's a lot of sexual innuendos in them, a lot of violence. Um, there's suicide. There's suicide. <laughs> um, but it's beautifully animated. Um, Warner Archive went through and... Um, Interesting, I was reading about a lot of the original neg- uh, film negatives were destroyed in a fire. Mm-hmm. There's a big fire at MGM in uh, the late... Uh, they've had a couple, but there was a big one where, amongst other things, London After Midnight was lost. So uh, it's been pieced together, but you could never tell. It looks stunning. Um, everything's animated beautifully. Uh, everything's crystal clear, but it did a good job of keeping it looking like film. Um mm-hmm. But there's no pops, no scratches, uh, no noise or video uh, like reduction for noise. It, it's awesome. It's it's really well done. Um, and I think you can get it for like sixteen bucks right now. Um, it's a little. I think it's on. It might be on back order because so many people are ordering it. Said, it. It, it said on mine it would take one to two weeks. So I haven't uh, hit the purchase on it. Yeah. Yet, um, and that uh, I if, it, somewhat interested. Like I said with the Porky Pig a few years ago, make sure you buy it so they just release them. Yeah, because um, the Popeyes one sold really well, and they're continuing releasing the Popeyes, and that they call this Volume One. That means they're going to release them all, but help them release them all by buying them. You know what I realized when you were telling me about this? If I could get one collection out of them, I know I've talked about like I want Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny, like one hundred ones or whatever. I want a Bob Clampett Blu-ray. Yeah. It doesn't even have to just be Looney Tunes. It can be the other things that he did throughout the fifties uh, and sixties in television. But I want a Bob Clampett collection because of all the. Looney Tune directors, he's the one that I enjoy watching the most because he's just he's his animation's insane because it literally like stretches like the the characters stretch their arms yeah. an inordinate amount. They do have there's a great Facebook page that I just discovered uh, when this text everything came out. It's called um, like the Looney Tunes animation site or something, and there is a Bugs Bunny one coming out. It's called Twenty Four Carat gold carrots mm. and it's just i think 40 bugs bunny cartoons but i guess it's a lot of repeats from the golden from the golden and the premier collections yeah. which and are the ones DVD, on blu-ray right so i mean if they put it on blu-ray i would totally get it yeah but, um, but yeah maybe one day this week on real nerds podcast oh sorry there? one thing uh, i oh, forgot fuck. um we have a fan mail this week oh that's right yeah we do, have we a fan do. fan mail so yeah, Jake Hart wrote in, mm-hmm. uh, hey all, it's Jake Hart again. So I haven't been keeping up with my podcast lately and just got around to the 2019 film explosion. I'm writing because I owe, I, I'm writing because I owe Corinne an apology. It's been a couple months for you, so to recap, I put Rise of Skywalker at the top of my list with the comment, people who say this is a bad Star Wars movie are dumb and wrong, <laughs> which was then read almost immediately after Corinne's tearful and vulnerable explanation of how she felt like this movie took Star Wars away from her. I really only wrote that line because I felt like I needed to add something and knew the movie was controversial. And then I could only listen in horror as my stupid comment morphed into a Claymore mine pointed directly at Corinne's face. <laughs> it took me maybe 15 minutes to compose that entire list. Now I regret sending it in. I regret sending it in at all. It was thoughtless and reckless, and I wish I had been a little more considerate. Sorry, Corinne. I mean it. Jake. Oh, that was a really nice apology, but you don't have to apologize. Always send them in. Yeah. Bravo, Jake. For yeah. yeah, but thats he's a bigger man than I am. <laughs> Good job. Now, if we could just get everybody who was pissing on The Last Jedi to do something as cool mm-hmm. as Jake did, we'll be all set up, guys. 
it, it's it's interesting uh you because know, in that moment i remember sitting here and i'm like wow this is this is the podcast got real yeah you know what i mean and um i was crying we were just having fun and yeah being stupid and being stupid and i mean it's it's awesome that it means that much to corinne and i would never take that away from somebody but like i explained to her on the podcast it, you can't let other people influence you and your stuff help uh, you know influence what if you think it's the best movie then make it the best movie you don't have you don't owe anybody an apology yeah uh, and if you don't think it's a good movie you don't think it's a good movie but like i always said um i i mean i when i saw it the second time and i think she saw it four or five times i thought it was better the second time i watched it and i still think it's a fun movie um but like you know i don't care I, i'll always put it'll be a cold day in hell when i see man this spider-man movie is shitty and there's nothing redeemable about this movie and fuck spider-man and fuck marvel I will always find something, and I'll always enjoy Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've told her this. I said, just got to get past it. Just get past Just get past your anger. Get past all that stuff. Um, because fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hate. Exactly. And hate leads to suffering. Um, but it's, it's hard when someone feels that way. And, um, you know, for her to bear her soul like that, I, I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was shocked. I was like, holy cow. And um, – not in a bad way. I was like, I, and if she was very articulate in explaining why she felt that way. And yeah, again, she can feel that way too. I mean, I would never take that away from her. No. Um, so, uh, kudos for Jake to do that. But you always write us a list, Jake, and make fun of people. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, and it, you can target uh, each of us. Yeah, we can take it. Yeah, I'll. You can make fun of me all you want. I mean. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is my number one movie from I'm a, I'm a walking example of what you can do. Exactly. <laughs> all the time, and he shows up all, every day. Um, uh, speaking of which, Ryan, uh, it has just been announced that I am directing the next Spider-Man movie, so uh, it might be that cold day in hell you've been looking for. Oh, man, it'll be like <laughs> Spider-Man noir. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, though. Yeah. I'd watch that. Would I get Nicolas Cage to... It wouldn't be... I guess it wouldn't be animated, so I wouldn't get Nicolas Cage to do it. No, you could do it. He's, you know, it's a big costume. It doesn't have to be, like, Ripley Man. It, I have not read Spider-Man... Spider, Noir Spider-Man. Is it, like... Is it an older Peter? Or an yeah. Older? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's not, like... He's... Uh, I mean, it's basically Spider-Man taking on a bunch of gangsters. Cool, right on. So, like, Humphrey Bogart was Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. And okay. even the Green Goblin, and it's just a crime boss. He's right. not... Really? I haven't, I haven't seen Spider-Verse in a while. I watched it with my nephew. He loves that movie. Yeah, Spider-Verse is awesome. Yeah. Because everything Spider-Man touches is great. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, it's nice that Jake was aware. Oh, yeah. That, to, that's, aware he's, to, he's totally a bigger man than me. I'd, I'd be making fun of Corinne if it didn't mean that much to her. But yeah. Also, speaking of Corinne, she was going to do a Catching the Classics this week, but she didn't get around to it. So she says just uh, promote her articles. So. Oh, yeah. She put up a new article, Showtime. Yep. For a show I've never heard of. Uh, Extraordinary? Or... Um, Everlasting or something like that? What was it? it forever? Was like, forever? Forever, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it only on? She she likes these shows. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't even... I vaguely remember the promotion for... Like, it's a fantasy <laughs> medical thing. But... She sent me this really funny thing, because I like to tease her. And, um, you know, I love Corinne. And because she loves her British stuff. So I don't even remember some of the things I said on the podcast. And I said, you know, I was talking about letting her articles breathe for fucking stupid British shows. And she sent me this message. She said, you can post articles even when my fucking stupid British shows are on. I go, did I say that? Probably. <laughs> that sounds like something I'd say. Because I just love poking the bear. Mm. You know. But yeah, Jake, you're fine. That could be Keep a radio us. spinoff. Poking the bear. <laughs> Keep sending us our stuff. Yeah. You can, Corinne can be heartfelt and we can be assholes. It's still fun. But I don't think his list was an asshole. I thought it was spot on. Yeah, and I can be crazy and stupid. We can all be ourselves, guys. Yep. 
Hey, you know what else? What? Jake still listens to the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We have listeners. <laughs> we always have listeners. James's mom, James's brother. <laughs> no, I, it's, Corinne. No, we have listeners. I, I'm always surprised when um, people... Uh, we were at, remember we were at the Nintendo uh, uh, trivia, and some guy says, "Oh, you're from Real Nerds. I recognize you." I said, "Yes, I have that radio voice." And we signed the poster from the dude from Florida. Yep. I mean, or, some of those things were like eight years ago now, but yeah, yeah. But still, <laughs> we still do. Yeah. I watch our I watch our page performances mm-hmm. on Facebook and stuff. Cool. Yep. This week we saw um, Parasite. Brad, should people see Parasite? Uh, yeah, it's uh, this is the second time I've seen it. I saw it again uh, just to refresh myself because you know I think I saw it last year, uh, the first time. So uh, yeah, th- it was probably even better the second time around. Um, so even knowing what's going to happen, um, I still appreciate like the craft of making the movie. Like it just felt so like from a filmmaking perspective, just the the choice of shots. And then, like, the direction of the actors and the direction of the camera just felt so methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Zach? Well, obviously, I recommend this because I put it on my film explosion list. And uh, I really... What number was it? It was number seven. And I sweeped, <laughs> I sweeped Henry. I swept, so good. I swept Henry. Uh, and I really... I texted him right after I got out of my screening this afternoon of just like, man, I really wish I'd seen this a second time before film explosion because it would have been way higher if not dominating at number one because i've been doing a podcast about hitchcock this is one of the most hitchcockian movies to come out in years it's pre it's pre-planning it's staging of shots it's as brad said it's methodical it operates on that similar hitchcockian tension um and i think song kang ho was robbed of a supporting actor nomination as the father um of the the poorer family um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a master stroke of, uh, mi- mystery kind of dark comedy and has a lot of horror elements, uh, stuck in there. And so I definitely recommend you guys check it out. It's still playing in theaters, guys. Go see it on a big screen. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, I don't think I'm enamored with it as much as Zach or, um, Henry, but what I can say is, uh, what piggy backing off what Brad said, uh, the, the direction Definitely deserve to be uh, to win best director. Uh, his shots, his staging, um, very methodical. Um, I, I think sometimes it, and uh, it's a great movie, but sometimes I think the story is dense. Um, there's a lot of parts to it. Um, however, it's you know it's a really funny at the beginning. Um, and I, what I can say about a foreign film is if you're watching it and you forget that you're reading subtitles while you're watching it, it's a great movie. And this is one of those movies where he also does uh, a lot with minimal um, dialogue Mm -hmm. and you still understand what's happening. Um, My favorite actor in it was uh, uh, the lady who plays Madam. I I, I don't even know her name. Uh, The mom. Oh, the mom of the The upper class family. The rich mom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Because she just seems like a really nice lady and uh, she plays it kind of airheady. She's naive. She's naive, but she also has... It's it's cool. She'll be talking in Korean, and then she'll just throw in some American slang in her dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really nuanced performance. Um, yeah, and the dad's great in it. Um, here's here's a trailer for. Oh, I, uh, Corinne also wanted to say that she enjoyed it too, because she couldn't review the movie with us. Uh, it's a really well crafted movie, and she would recommend people go see it. And then... it's not a British movie. <laughs> 
It's from overseas. Oh, that's true. Yeah, close we'll, enough. We'll give that. And then Henry, I thought was going to write something in, but that was the number one movie, though. It was his number one. So he te- full endorsement. When I when I texted him, he texted back. He's just like, it's it's it. When you see it a second time, it adds to it because you catch stuff the uh, that you weren't catching the first time, and we'll we can chat about that. Yep. Here's a trailer. I think it's just music. Parasite deals with a family that uh, it's an interesting film. It, it's really a film about class. You know, it's a poor family and a rich family. And it, it's interesting because it, when you go through the golden age of Hollywood, a lot of the poor people are the ones who are the heroes. Mm-hmm. And in this, you know, the, the poor... I think, I think all three levels of class that are in this movie are all... There's no clear-cut... They're all they, but, they all have their problems. But yeah. I, I wouldn't say like the, the rich people are bad people though. They I, really like uh, passively uh, look down on yeah between but, all like critiquing how they smell and then yeah. like how they ignore the one daughter at the end. Yeah, I mean I understand that part, but it's they're not. I don't think they're they're not committing a crime. Yeah, they're no, not. They're not inherently. Yeah, bad. it's not like they're spitting on poor people. Yeah, it's, it's just. They're ignorant. Yeah, it's it's they're they've they've become kind of um, sheltered, sheltered or sanitized from that part of the world because you know what's great about this film the way it's shot is when they he goes into the world for the first so anyways the um, the son gets a job as a tutor for uh, the teenage daughter because the guy who's tutoring her is going away and he doesn't trust other men to be around her because he's in love with her. And so he says, hey, go teach her English. And, you know, right away you see it just looks like, you know, um, concrete. And then you walk in and it has great establishing shots of 
this is where they really live. They actually live above you, mm-hmm. and they have green grass and they have windows to everywhere and a lot of open space a lot of open space where they're cramped because they live in a basement mm-hmm. um and it's it's a really interesting study and um you know and so he gets there and then he cons the rest of his family into working for this rich family by pretty nefarious means you know it's whether it's saying that the driver is a coked out sex fiend who sleeps in the back of the car um and uh the way they get rid of um the first maid of the house yeah uh, by accusing her of having tv yeah. or, or sowing the seeds of dissent within the 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 rich well, i mean mom. activating her allergy like yeah with the killer yeah. that's what i mean so it's it's interesting because it for the first three quarters of the film the uh people that are not as wealthy seem kind of like the bad people yeah, they're you know, committing they're, fraud. They're committing fraud. They're taking advantage of them. Um, they're taking advantage of the, uh, the mom being so naive, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, there's a great scene. Even the the sister, she's really great in it too. Jessica, or what's her? Uh, yeah, well, Jessica. Yeah, um, she's Jessica. Court to the family. I forget. Um, anyways, uh, she she has that uh, this great line where so she's supposed to be an art teacher. She's going to help the rich. Uh, family's little boy who has trouble concentrating but who the mother believes is a great artist yeah he's eccentric yeah so she pinpoints something on the painting and instead of art she calls it art therapy and it means everything to the mom and uh, she says I just googled that shit you know and it, it's kind of funny um, that oh, way and the random dude who like pisses outside I love the father's <laughs> line about like is there a is there a, a department in Oxford for forgery yeah. you would <laughs> It's it's really fascinating. Um, it's oh, a fascinating uh, film. Ki Jung, Kim yeah. Ki Jung, yeah, um, um, played by Park So Dam. Yeah. yeah. So you think the movie is this fun little romp of like this yeah. family getting grifted, and then it takes a turn, which I'm curious to know because <laughs> we we sheltered you from finding out mm-hmm. what was going to happen. Did that? Do you think your experience was better or for you, not having known? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did you yeah. predict it? Or, no, okay. I mean, I, it, that's what I, I mean. Um, why I think it's a it's a great film. I don't think it's the best movie of the year. Just my opinion. I can well, see, Avengers Endgame is just exactly so. yeah. That, yeah. Uh, but I can see why it won because it's different. But the part with um, her husband living in the basement, the housekeeper, I'm like uh, this seems really heavy-handed um, and really dense. You know, so he's lived there for four years and no one's noticed except for the little boy one time because he thought he saw a ghost. Well, yeah. Like what I picked up the second time around is that um, the the housekeeper worked for the previous owner yeah. who was the architect. Yeah. I didn't knew about it, but didn't tell the, the, pro, the, when the he sold the house. Yeah. yeah. They kept that from, yeah. Him. Yeah. Cause he built it because, so he could stay there. I mean, cause he's an architect. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I mean. So now you have this next layer and then it continues on where, um, you know, the whole family's there when they go on a camping trip and they, it kind of un- comes unraveled. Where the housekeeper comes back and she wants to get her husband and um, they go to extreme measures to not be found out where they kind of take a turn to being the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is where I think the movie staged really well and shot really well. It goes to, well, now we got to have this really elaborate birthday party for our little boy. And, you know, the rich people are like, oh, we're so much better than everybody else. And mm-hmm. they, they play on it a little, a little bit. Actually, there's oh, I'm totally going all over the place, but. Uh, there's a moment where uh, the little boy takes his TP out 
for because uh, he loves Native American culture, so he likes to play that. So he takes his teepee out and he puts it in their yard. And the wife and the husband are having this conversation, and they're talking about um, Mr. Kim and how he smells like old radishes. Yeah, and th- and that's the turn too for that character because he has great little subtle performance where he smells his shirt, and it's um, the start of great buildup for what happens yeah. down the line. And you know, it, it's kind of a sad descent too because he's dragging the mom around, and she's so naive. Mm-hmm. You're saying, "Look how this is how great it is. You don't need to bring any presents." And then, of course, all the rich people bring these fancy gifts, and she's like, oh, I told you not to bring anything. She has a line in the uh, in the grocery store about, like, we're drinking during the day. Like, yeah. that, that kind of level of... Yeah. Wear your sweatpants, you know? Who cares? Yeah, yeah. and there's, a, there's a, 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 a great moment where, you know, you actually feel for the family. Uh, you know, she never noticed this the driver smelling like radishes before and then she's driving home and her feet are up by him and you know he's probably smelling her stinky ass feet and she's getting sick from the smell of him and uh, you can see what's great about his performance there's a subtle turn in his character right there mm-hmm. um, where it's building up but that's where he really turns um, and then all hell breaks loose at the party yeah um, and that's where you see everybody's true colors um, where yeah you're a bad guy for keeping the husband and basically killing his wife mm. in the basement. He goes insane, which I mean, he's been in a basement for four years, so I get it. Mm. Um, so he's going to kill the people that did him wrong. And then the dad's going to kill the rich dad, the park guy, because his son's having a seizure and his daughter got stabbed in the heart and is bleeding out. And mm-hmm. he says, no, drive me. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this girl. Or give me the. He throws him the keys. Yeah. And be, he's more concerned about getting those keys to drive his family out than to help the people who are in actual immediate danger. Yeah. And it's, so it's a. It's and it's shot so well, and it's you know it's one of those things that plays out, um, and it's violent. And it does call back the whole smell thing because yeah. like they're the visual cues and whatnot. You mentioned about like the minimalist dialogue and that's why I kind of hit the Hitchcockian thing of just like there's a lot of pure cinema in this where the yeah. movie is being told visually and not through words. And this sounds horrible, but if you want American audiences to embrace a foreign film, mm-hmm. I think you need something like this where there is there's some heavy dialogue scenes, you know, when the mom is interviewing the family to be you know teachers Mm -hmm. but then you know when it goes to the minimalists where they're hiding underneath the tables or they're fighting with the people you you don't have to be told what's happening in Mm -hmm. the language you're being shown yeah and that's why it's i think why it elevates the movie because he's telling a great story visually Mm -hmm. and that's why it works yep and um and i think it i think it hits uh the first time I watched it, my only if I had only one complaint, and it was hard because I didn't want to reveal the ending to you, mm-hmm. is how long the last uh, moments uh, sure. last. But the second time around, I was much more comfortable with it and had much more of appreciation yeah. for it. Um, it's and, well done. And the horror thing that I was mentioning, like it's not it's not that there is like a horror theme to the movie other than the class thing, but mm-hmm. like there's it's just certain shots, like when she's talking to. Um, when the when the rich mom's talking to the uh the poor mom about uh the kid who ate his cake in the middle of the night and then saw the one who's been living in the basement and he pops out like he's like a demon in like some kind of possession movie like it, it it's 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 just the way it's photographed yeah. that creates that and also the stabbing scene at the end yeah. is very much a horror thing going yeah. on in daylight no less 
Um, well, I think that is, I mean, obviously it's on purpose because, um, he's doing the contrast of this bright, happy world that's being, you know, tormented or invaded by people that don't belong there, but they really do. It's a really fascinating thing. And there's a great thing where his daughter saves, uh, the, uh, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she didn't care. Yeah. She Uh, carried him out. Yeah. Yeah. Which did they ever say? They never say what happened to the little boy. No, but I think that I think the fate of the rich family is the least of the importance because when Song Kang Ho character goes back into the basement, mm-hmm. we shift back to them and what are it's not even just the consequences of what they've done, but also like what what are the circumstances of this going forward? Because it's it, Song Kang Ho's character seems like he's he, he's definitely in even a worse position than the one who was living in the basement for four oh, years yeah. because that guy was just hiding from debt collectors. This guy committed murder, yeah. um, so or violence. So, uh, but uh, and there's a lot of good humor in the movie too. Oh, yeah. Like there's a lot of funny moments and like a lot of dark dark <laughs> humor going through. And the Morse code thing, I think, is fucking. It 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 starts off as a really uh it, like interesting like okay that's stretching it but whatever and I like the way it's played at the end for the the letter to his son. Sure. I, I, I you didn't was, like I, that. No, I'm like that's a little much. Mm. That he goes there, and he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> hmm? and it, that the his dad code. would do the Morse code every night. I mean, you know, the, the oh. chances of him seeing that were yeah so. That's more unbelievable so small, than Thanos. Yeah. But, um, another thing I noticed the second time around and I didn't catch the first time was um, Mr. Kim, like early in the movie, they talk about how uh, he ran a cake shop that failed. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who's been living in the basement also talked about how he, I wonder if like they actually. I think they're talking about his cake shop that failed. I don't think he had a cake shop. Like was he an employee of Mr. Kim that he... Mr. Kim never like notice or it was just that was a like that's a marker for them like oh maybe that cake shop it's the cake shop that we know down the street closed i think the fruit in this movie looks great too i really (laughs) wanted a peach when i was watching it again yeah yeah i mean is is it's a it's a great movie and it was made well enough and i enjoyed it enough where i was really tired yesterday and i knew i had to get up at 4 30 and i started it at nine mm-hmm and I said, man, this movie's two hours and 15 minutes. And I kept watching it and watching it. And then I realized it was close to 11. I said, oh, this movie's almost over. Yeah. So it it's it deserves accolades. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's a really well-made film. Yeah. And, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad I didn't get this Blu-ray because I'll probably get the Criterion. Yeah. That's coming out yeah, maybe next yeah. year or something. I'm, I'm very happy that Brad warned me because, like, as about, I, I found it on amazon and then he was just like don't buy it <laughs> so i was like oh good i will take this off my shopping cart <laughs> yeah so uh there's a really cool steelbook though is there yeah i mean it's it's not american but yeah it's a it's um like the staircase mm-hmm. and so it's got the the parasite in the stairs but then like you got the one family walking up one direction and then the other family walking under it oh, oh that's cool and like the top is red and the bottom is yeah geometry is a big thing in this movie too there's lots of hard angles yeah it's really i mean it's really well made it's really well crafted and that house being constructed entirely like as a set for their use of control like yeah it's it's astounding that and it's it props to neon for giving him the money to go or, or contributing a lot of the money to like go off and do this and i learned that uh south korea has miranda rights all right yeah good for them mm-hmm 
I mean, you're not required to say them to convict, right? Uh, so Miranda rights are only if you're they call it custodial interrogation, meaning I have arrested you and I'm interrogating you on the crime I believe you've committed. So it's preventing you from self-incrimination. But I could if I if you're not in custody and I say, hey man, what's it, what'd you do over there? I say, oh, I fucking stabbed that dude. So that's, they, that's they can't get off if you forget no. to say them. No, no, yeah. it's it's not part of the only time the it, even then. So it becomes indemissible in court. So let's say I arrest you and you're I take you to jail and I said, hey, why did you punch that guy? And I didn't read you your Miranda rights. They can challenge that and say, well, you didn't read him as Miranda rights, so he didn't understand it. So that's inadmissible in court. It doesn't necessarily throw out your whole case, but it's going to throw out every question you've asked after that. So that's all gone. So what happens if you say, pick up a, a guy named, uh, let's call him Fred Krueger. And, uh, you just happen to not read him his rights. Um, mm-hmm. does it then justify the parents to burn him in that factory? Yes. Okay. Go. However, you're not, re- you're not released because you didn't get your Miranda rights read to you. That is the pilot for Freddy's nightmares. <laughs> um, yeah, so even in 21 Jump Street, where he says, you didn't do the one thing that you're supposed to do, <laughs> you don't have to do that. I mean, technically, that dude is in custody. Um, so if they asked him questions about what he was doing, then, yeah, that's inadmissible. However, it doesn't throw out your whole case. It just everything up to that point, you can't use. It's funny. I actually watched both Jump, Street, <laughs> Jump Streets before this podcast. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Those are hilarious. Yeah, they're awesome movies. Do the same shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, watch Parasite. Yep, great movie. Uh, next week is Onward. Or are we doing the way back with? Oh my God, Onward, Affleck. Onward's March six. Corinne was pushing for us to see Emma. I'm not sure when that's... Extraordinary is coming out. Uh, oh, it, maybe it's Extraordinary. Maybe I'm a week ahead. So. Yeah, you're a week ahead. It, February 28th is The Invisible Man with Elizabeth. Oh, that's Moss. right. We're seeing The Invisible Man. Yeah, and okay. then there, and there's also Emma, which Corinne is that, wants to is do. Is that so. expanding though, Emma? It that's... came out this week, so I think it is expanding this week. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Corinne says we should see it. That's all I know. Uh, we're seeing The Invisible Man. Yay. Yay. He, nobody will see him come, Ryan. No one will see him go. He can be, He can ha- hear every secret. <laughs> yep. That's the, that's the only... But you know what, uh, Corinne? Maybe if Emma's playing somewhere nearby and you can convince us, we'll see it. Double it up. I, you know, it was the one thing when I saw the Alamo lineups for Invisible Man. I was just like, man, there's a great opportunity here to show that original one, and then oh, like on, showed that one. on the same day, it's only seventy minutes. What uh, harm could it do? None. <laughs> I want to see Claude Rains go crazy. Well, except how Claude Rains would do the harm. I mean, he yeah, kills okay. all those people. That's the harm. <laughs> and remember when he takes his bandages off and everyone goes, <laughs> "There, how do you like that, eh?" I love those. St- those steel books that they put out a few years ago, I freaking love them. They, that's that's probably my favorite one. They had them still on the shelves for like I want to say six months after they came out. I thought those would have flown off the shelves, yep. but I didn't pick Should one have. up. I well, I have a nice box set. Yeah, you do. So yeah, onward in the way back for the same week. So I figured we we're gonna see onward. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I do want to see the way back though. That oh, looks yeah. good. Cool. Thanks for listening. And Corinne, keep on sending, uh, writing articles about shows that I don't know anything about, but are popular. I just don't watch them. Yep. And there's G- more, is there more like violence in them? I probably watch them. There's some violent British stuff out there. I don't know. It's not as prominent as the other ones, but. 
Convince me. Edgar Wright. Yeah, but he... Space isn't really that violent. Oh, you're talking TV. Okay. Yeah, TV. I, I thought you were talking about, like, in general. No, I mean, I know there's violent Sherlock British Sherlock gets violent. Sherlock pushes some envelopes, but it's also, you know, yep. that's not really the focus. Anyways. Boy. Boy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.